Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Man, I love Christmas, don't you? Uh, There's so many things to love about Christmas. I love Christmas movies. Those are the best, right? I I can't wait to watch my favorite one tonight with my family. It's going to be fun. I love Christmas music and Christmas songs. That song we just sang is my favorite. That, I just love that song. I love Christmas music. As long as we start playing it after Thanksgiving, it's the best. I love family time at Christmas. Um, I even kind of, I don't know if I love, but I enjoy the craziness of Christmas. I love to be at the mall this time of the year and just watch everyone just super stressed out. I find uh, guilty pleasure (laughs) in that. It's kind of fun. But here's what I really love about Christmas. Christmas shows us that God wants to reveal himself to us. When you really think about the significance of Christmas, that's what you really see and what we find out. God wants to reveal himself to us. And I believe that tonight, I believe that even this year, God wants to reveal himself to you, specifically to you in new ways, in fresh ways. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I've been believing for as a result of us being here together tonight. God wants to reveal himself to you. And in order for God to reveal himself to us, I think two things need to happen. I think we need to silence the noise, and I think we need to change our expectations. I want to talk to you about two things tonight. Let's silence the noise, and let's change our expectations. You know, when you think about that that holy night, that night when Jesus was born, my mind always wanders to what it would have felt like for Mary and Joseph. Can you imagine just the emotions of that moment? Just... Finally, after all this time, Jesus was born. Just as a parent, that's an emotional moment. When you've been waiting for your child to come, and all of a sudden your child's there, you're like, this is it. Like you're looking at your child face to face for the first time. It's an emotional, amazing moment, right? It's, it's one of those moments for a parent, it just it changes your life. You never, ever forget that moment. Mary and Joseph, they're looking at their son for the first time face to face. I can imagine that being pretty emotional for them. But not only are they looking at their son, but they're looking at God face to face. Can you imagine the emotions of that? Like this is the one they've been waiting for for generations. They've been praying for, singing about the long-awaited Messiah had now come through them. God, for some crazy reason, had chosen them. And there they were looking not just at their son, but at God face to face. There must have been an a tremendous amount of emotions that night. That's why I love watching movies that depict the birth of Jesus. Sometimes they can be a little cheesy, right? But I love the, the chosen version of the Christmas story. That Watch that one. And it, it really does a good job, I think, of depicting the emotions that Mary and Joseph would have gone through uh, on that night. So they knew. They knew who this baby was the moment 
that he was born. Because this baby didn't come because the two of them shacked up and hooked up together. This baby came because the Holy Spirit moved inside of Mary. It was God entering our world to reveal himself to us. And, you know, even as a parent, if you've been through that, you can probably even go into the depths of childbirth and you know it's not a clean thing that takes place. And here's, here's God even coming to us through the messiness and meeting us in our messy world to reveal himself to us. What a beautiful and profound thing, right? It's this whole story of God becoming us through a virgin that really trips a lot of people, though. You know, the virgin birth kind of a thing. That, that sounds like a fairy tale, right? That's like a good fantasy story right there. Because a lot of people are like, I, I, that's impossible. The virgin birth? And for years, people have, have thought, there's no way I could ever believe in Christianity because let's just begin right there. The virgin birth. Like, that is impossible. And I'd agree. It is actually very impossible unless God exists. Because if he does, then a virgin birth is not impossible. In fact, I'd say this. I'd say the first words, the first sentence of the Bible is actually more impossible than a virgin birth. Think about the first sentence. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's pretty impossible when you think about it. And yet that first verse in the Bible is so important and so profound. In the beginning, like, the Bible just starts off just saying God already existed. He was already there. And he started everything from the beginning. He created everything. There was no beginning until he spoke the beginning. Then the beginning began. He created the heavens and the earth. It goes on to say the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night, and evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. It's the creation story. And... When you think about the Christmas story, I love John's version of the Christmas story because he links it directly back to the creation story. The creation story is just so profound because like nothing existed until God spoke. And once God spoke, then something existed because he spoke the words. Now, science has actually proved that there was a beginning to the universe. Have you heard this? There is proven scientifically the universe had a beginning. So then the debate is that is really what caused the beginning, right? How did it all start? So did all of a sudden an explosion take place and a couple of particles appeared from an explosion that, that started to be alive and then life evolved into what we have here today? That's one theory. Or did someone speak all of that into existence? How did it all start? That's the debate. I happen to personally think it takes more faith to believe that everything came from nothing. It takes a lot of faith to believe that, to believe in just the scientific Big Bang Theory. A lot of people that believe that. I respect that, but it takes a lot of faith. I think, in my opinion, 
more faith than to believe that God spoke everything into existence. Because when I look at the world, I see a lot of design. There's so much design that there has to be a designer. There has to be someone that thought all this up outside of the universe and spoke all of this into existence that just speaks to there has to be what's called an intelligent designer, a creator that has created all of this stuff that we see and we get to experience. To me, that makes sense. You know, the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all portray the life of Jesus and each of them approaches the Christmas story a little bit differently. And like I said, John's is really cool because John, his Christmas story is very short, but he links it back to the creation story. His Christmas story correlates with the creation story. Let's look at John's Christmas story here. In the beginning, John says, very familiar words, right? In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everything. You see what John's doing there? Light came into the world. And then you jump to verse 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. That is John's version right there of the Christmas story. He's saying this baby that came and was a human or was flesh, as maybe your translation says, was divine. This was God in the flesh. That's who came on that Christmas day. And so we could easily say, yes, that was a holy night when true holiness entered our world, became one of us. That was a holy night. Man, if only the entire world knew what was really going on, they would have paid attention to what was going on in Bethlehem that night, but they didn't know because God came quietly and he came humbly. Doesn't that just blow your mind? God could have come with major fanfare. Instead, he came quietly and he came humbly. That's how Jesus came, quietly and humbly. And only a handful of people on the entire planet knew that God had entered the world in the flesh as a human. This really was the most significant moment in human history outside of Creation, the beginning, this was it. And the world had no idea. Because again, Jesus reveals himself to us in quiet humility. And that's how he's gonna reveal himself to you tonight, even this next year. It's gonna take place in quiet humility. You know, as Jesus grew up, he really flew under the radar until he went public with his ministry. And then his ministry made a huge, huge splash in the Jewish portion of the Roman Empire. He showed his power for sure, and that's why he garnered a huge following. Crowds followed him, but when you read through his life and his ministry, you see Jesus would, would often then, uh, uh, like leave the crowds. He would go off on his own. He would seek solitary times so he could be just alone with his father, and he wanted to avoid any, any perception that he came to overthrow the Roman Empire 
or that he wanted any political domination. And because of that, many people missed him. And the reason they missed him is because he didn't come the way they expected. He came differently. He didn't come as a king. He came as a servant. Not just a servant, but a suffering servant. Because of that, people missed Jesus. Many people missed Jesus because they expected him to come differently. And they missed out. And I wonder how often that happens to us as well. We miss Jesus because we expected him to come to us differently. We expected him to do something different than what we had asked him to do. And we miss out on what he is really wanting to reveal to us. We miss out on how he is revealing himself and what he wants to do in our life because he does it differently. We've got to change our expectations sometimes. We expected him to do this. We wanted him to do something for us to fix something, and he didn't. We want God to be loud and obvious, don't we? But so often he comes quietly and humbly. And because we don't expect that, we miss him. So we need to change our expectations. And some of us even find ourselves thinking and maybe even behaving like, I got to do good and be good in order for God just to love me. In order for God to pay attention to me. I got to have good behavior. And if I'm going to be a good person or a good Christian, I got to change my behavior and do different things. We can fall into that mindset, that trap. Some of us haven't put our faith in Jesus or put our trust in him because we think it's, uh, it's boring. And it doesn't really matter if we're honest. Some people want nothing to do with any sort of religion because they think religion is a waste of time and it's it's the reason for a lot of pain in the world, a lot of hardships. It's, it's all religion. And there's, we can be at different places in our thoughts about who God is and how he, if he exists, how he exists, how he reveals himself to us. And I just, I, I just respect you wherever you're at. But let me just say this, that God loves you because I've experienced this firsthand in my life. God loves you no matter what. God loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you're at in life right now. He loves all of us. And here's what he's offering you. He's offering you relationship. That's what he wants from you. He doesn't want religion. God despises religion. When you read through scripture, you really realize that he's not into religion at all. Jesus attacked the religious people. He wants relationship. He wants to walk with you. He wants to reveal himself to you. And I think this Christmas is a reminder, again, that God does reveal himself to us. And I believe that tonight and going into this next year, as you and I think and pray about a new year, 2023, and some of us are like, I, I just, I'm ready for a new year. I'm ready for the old year to be gone. Come on, new year, I'm ready. Maybe you had a great year. But regardless, I just believe that God wants to reveal himself to you in new ways this year. But we've got to silence the noise and change our expectations. And there's a fascinating story in the Old Testament about a guy named Elijah. He's a prophet. One of the cool stories about him was he challenged the false prophets to a prayer contest. And so they had this prayer duel, this prayer battle up on Mount Carmel and all the, the prophets of Baal, these false prophets there, they're chanting and dancing and cutting themselves and crying out to their gods and nothing happened. And then Elijah prayed and in a moment's prayer, God sends fire down and, and everyone like worships God in that moment. It's like, okay, God's real. And Israel in that moment realized, God, we have, 
we've turned our back on you, we've sinned. And so they, they come back to him, they begin to worship him, and all the false prophets are killed in that moment. It's a pretty good moment for Elijah. But then just a few days later, he gets word from Jezebel, the queen, the king's wife. She's not, she's not happy at all. She hears about what what happened. All of her prophets, all the false prophets have been killed. She is upset. People are not gonna listen to her anymore. She's losing control in the kingdom. And so she sends word to Elijah. Elijah, I'm gonna have you killed. And for whatever reason, Elijah is intimidated by Jezebel. And here's how the story goes. In uh, in 1 Kings, verse 19, this this is what Elijah does. Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. And then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Because this is a low moment for Elijah, who has seen some pretty incredible things already. Like He just wants to die. He feels like it's all over. I'm all alone, nobody cares. Everyone wants to kill me. In fact, I just, I'd rather be dead. He's deeply discouraged, depressed. He is definitely not in a place of emotional health right here. He's down in the depths, maybe even having thoughts of suicide because he, he tells God, God, I'd rather die. And it's in this place that, as the story goes on, that some angels come and they minister to him and they give him some, some food and water he has some, some strength in him, and he travels deeper into the wilderness. He goes to Mount Sinai, the place that Moses had met God. And there at that place, he goes to a cave, and God says, I want you to go and wait because I'm going to pass by. I'm going to reveal myself to you, Elijah. I'm going to pass by, so I want you to go, and I want you to wait for me because I'm about ready to come. And so... This is what takes place further on down in 1 Corinthians 19. God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And it's in that conversation that the rest of Elijah's life begins to change and begins to turn as God speaks to him, as God reveals himself to Elijah. It's an interesting story. All this noise that Elijah hears. There's this mighty windstorm, but God wasn't in that. There's this massive earthquake, but that wasn't God either. This fire. Oh, that surely is God. No, it wasn't God. And then there's this gentle whisper. And Elijah somehow recognizes that's God. You know what's interesting about the gentle whisper is that can literally be translated to silence. It wasn't until... All the noise had stopped and subsided, and everything was silent. And that's when God revealed himself to Elijah. Hmm. I really believe 
that God is always wanting to reveal himself to you and me. But oftentimes he comes to us in ways we don't expect. You could guess that Elijah didn't expect God to come the way he did to him. Elijah certainly would have thought, oh, this is God, this is God, this is God. No, and God came to Elijah. God revealed himself to Elijah in a way he didn't expect. He came in silence. If you want to hear from God, you want to meet with God this year, you want God to reveal yourself, himself to you in new ways this year, you have to change your expectations and silence the noise. And that's how you and I are going to hear from God over and over and over again. You know, we live in a noisy world. Have you noticed? Yeah, you have, right? But you, you may not know the effects of noise on us. Noise, it said, has a profound effect on our life. Noise pollution is considered to be anything that's above 65 decibels. And it's said to be responsible for tens of thousands of hospitalizations and deaths every single year within our country because of noise pollution. You see, noise affects us emotionally, it affects us mentally, and it affects us physically. It can cause uh, respiratory issues, racing pulse, high blood pressure, and even headaches. It can cause attacks of stress, fatigue, depression, anxiety, and hysteria, both in humans and in animals. Loud, constant noise can cause gastritis, colitis, and even heart attacks. It's the power of noise. I wouldn't call it a silent killer, but I would call it a hidden killer. This killer we don't realize is affecting us. Amy was reading this interesting book this last year, and she told me about it. A few months ago, she's reading it. She says that we discovered something in our world during the pandemic when everything shut down. There's no transportation. Remember that a couple years ago, how weird that was? Like no transportation, all the boats, all the airplanes, everything stopped for a few months. Scientists thought it'd take thousands of years for the ocean to get healthier and for all the wildlife to get healthier. But what they saw in a matter of months, because of the lack of noise pollution in the oceans, all of a sudden new life started coming back to the oceans. Just in a matter of months. And it just totally baffled them. And then they were all worried because they knew eventually we're going back to normal and it's going to start affecting the oceans and the forests. And it doesn't just affect the earth, it affects us as well. I mean, there's a lot of negative effects of noise. And I could go on and on sharing like studies and things that, that I read and I saw, but it just shows us that we need silence these days. You and I need silence perhaps more than ever but it's hard to find. According to an acoustic ecologist, Gordon Hempton, I thought that's a great title. He's an acoustic ecologist. He studies sound and the effects of it on ecology. He says there's only 12 silent places left in the United States. That's, that's a bummer. So it's hard to find true silence these days. But you know, silence has tremendous benefits for you. Incredible benefits for you. Let me just give you just seven of the benefits of silence. It will stimulate brain growth. Silence stimulates brain growth. Isn't that fascinating? It relieves stress. It relaxes us. 
It lowers heart disease and tinnitus. It increases our ability to focus. Struggling to focus? There you go. You just need more silence. It increases our creativity and it gives you space to meet yourself. Those are just seven of the benefits of silence. Just seeing that just makes you realize I need more silence in my life, right? I think we all do. But that last one, that can be a scary one because a lot of people avoid silence because of that very reason. Like, I don't want to meet myself. I know there's some deep feelings, painful feelings and memories that I'm going to find if I'm silent. I start, my mind starts processing all this stuff. Like, I don't want to go there. And so we avoid the silence and then we never really can find ourselves and therefore we can never find healing and freedom from those things that are deep down inside. And we keep avoiding. What we do is we just turn up the external noise so that we can dampen the internal noise. And therefore we miss out on what God can do in us through silence. Throughout this Christmas series, we've talked several times about silence and solitude. Very important practices that I think you and I should implement into our life. Silence and solitude are so, so powerful and so important. And I would encourage you to grow in this next year of practicing silence and solitude, even though it might be scary for you to do so, right? We need silence. There's this book out there called Rhythms of Renewal. It's actually a podcast that Rebecca Lyons, who wrote the book, has. I think it's the same title. Phenomenal podcast, phenomenal book about emotional and mental health. And this is what she said in regards to us struggling to have silence. She said, even if you clear out the distractions and create space for quiet, you'll have to get comfortable with yourself. With being alone with your thoughts, failures, hopes, dreams, wounds, and longings. For some of us, quiet can be the scariest place to go. That's true. As I read that this week, this song popped into my head. You've probably heard this song before. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Recognize that? Simon and Garfunkel, huh? Come on, classic, beautiful song. Very true about the struggles of communication with other people and with ourselves. This is the sound of silence. I tried to match the key, but I don't think I did. I was was off there. The sound of silence can be a dark place to go, but it's so important for us. We desperately need silence in our life, guys. What if this next year you chose to replace all the noise in your life with more silence and solitude? What do you think would take place in your life? What would that look like? I'm gonna replace noise in my life. And we got a lot of noise in our life with more silence and solitude. Hey, feel free to choose busy, crazy, loud life. If you wanted to keep going down that track and just let all the noise infiltrate you, you, you and I, can, we can choose that, but it's not helping us. And even worse than it not helping us and affecting us emotionally and affecting us physically, even worse than all of that, we are missing out on hearing from God. Because it's in that place of silence that we can actually meet with God, not just ourselves, but God. Because it's in silence that we can truly have a two-way communication. 
a two-way relationship where we don't just talk to God, but we can also hear and receive from him. That's why we need it. I believe God reveals himself to us in quiet humility. That's how he's gonna reveal himself to you, quiet humility. So what if this next year you created more space in your life to just stop and be silent? What if you turned off the TV more? What if you relaxed in silence while meditating on God's word more? What if instead of listening to music or podcasts or TED Talks, you silenced those things more and you listened for God to speak to you and to come to you and reveal himself to you? What if you did that? I think as believers, as Christians, too often we're, we're looking to all the noise in the world for God to speak to us through the noise. Like, I gotta listen to the, that great preacher. I gotta listen to him and I gotta go to this next conference and this prophet, I gotta hear this prophet. And we go to this podcast and we're listening to all these, all these noise, noise, noise and we think that God's gonna speak to us through all this noise. But God wants us to stop and be silent and meet with him so he can speak to us for us. Stop relying on other people. Stop relying on God to speak to you through other people. Let him speak to you in the silence, in the stillness, just you and him. What if we silence the noise so that God clearly can speak to us this year? I think God wants to reveal himself to you more and more this year, but we got to silence the noise and we got to change our expectations. Maybe you've never put your trust in Jesus, your faith in him. Then please know this. Like I said earlier, God does love you. He cares about you, but he has revealed himself to you like he has for all of us through not just the virgin birth, but he revealed himself to us through the cross. What he did for us on the cross. His death and his resurrection proved that he loved us. Jesus said, you deserve to die because of your sins, but I'm gonna take your place of death. I'm gonna die for you so that you don't experience the penalty of your sin because I love you that much and we can find life in him. And that's why I love that Jesus offers us not just relationship, but the life we were meant to live with him. And we can grow deeper in that. We can experience the depths and the fullness of him really through more and more silence and solitude with him. We all need that. And so if you've never said yes to Jesus, maybe tonight's the night for you to say yes. I believe. I believe. And I'm ready to put my trust in him. And here's what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna take a moment, just a few moments here. We're just gonna be silent. And we'll have some scriptures here on the screen. And uh, so I'll even go ask the lights to go dim a little bit here. And scripture's gonna be on the screen. And I just want us just to relax. And I want you to read the scriptures that we have up there. Just read them, ponder them, think about them, meditate on them, and receive them. Let God speak to you through the scriptures. Right? I love having moments like that, even when we're in a room full of people. It's amazing how God can reveal himself to us just through his word. That is the power of his word. We're gonna sing one last song together. 
Hopefully you got your candle when you walked in. Uh, make sure you got that ready and you got the piece of paper on there ready to go. I want to read a couple scriptures as we prepare, prepare for this moment right here. Back to John's gospel. We already looked at this, but let's look at this again. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So this is John speaking of Jesus, the word, bringing light to the earth. Again, John connecting the Christmas story to the creation story. God spoke and there was light. In the beginning was the word and the word came and there was light in the world. And then Jesus said later on in John 8, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is the light of the world. Darkness cannot quench his light. No evil can quench the light of Jesus. Even now, while we've hung out together, at least one church on planet Earth has been planted by the Timothy Initiative. The gospel moves forward. Even now, as we have been hanging out here, lives have been changed by the power of Jesus as they have stepped out of darkness spiritually into his light and they found life through Jesus. Maybe that's been you. And so this candle here, as we hold this candle, we sing this last song together. This represents Jesus. It truly is the light of the world. Why don't you stand right now?
Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.